All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Everybody, welcome to Dropping the Gloves, official sponsor of HockeyFights.com. As always, Tim Wurzberger is with us. Tim, how are you? Happy Friday, John. What's going on? Not much. Just enjoy. You know what? I woke up in a bad mood. Oh, no. I, I checked my phone. I went to bed. As you know, I go to bed early. It was 3-3 three to three, Toronto, Montreal. I was excited because Muzzin had, you know, he scored twice, which is very unmuzzin like I was texting you. I was very excited. I was like, oh, Tim, Toronto's going to win. It's going to be 50 bucks in my bank tomorrow. You should have, you know what? Bad bet. Wake up in the morning. Montreal had won. I don't know. I, I, I knew that before I went to bed. I told you. I was like, congrats, Tim. Montreal wins. But I didn't get a chance to see the winning goal. I checked a goal. It was a minute into overtime. I have no words to describe how angry I was when I saw that it was Alex Galchenyuk who just throws the biggest, the biggest pizza across the ice I've ever seen in my whole life. So you've watched a goal. Yep. What did you think when you saw this turnover? Oh, it was terrible. Like a no look pass across the blue line in overtime. Like that's the kind of thing like you see guys doing men's league and stuff. That's not a play that pros should be making. If you're a forward and you're covering for the defenseman who's pinching. So the defenseman went down the boards and Galchenyuk is doing the responsible thing. He's covering up for Zach Bogosian. Great. What on earth are you thinking, picking this puck up on your backhand and spinning to the middle? And he didn't even take that hard of a look. He just took a glance and saw Jake Muzzin and he thinks, you know what? I'm going for it. This is a smart play. It's 51 seconds into overtime, Galchenyuk. 51 seconds. And you're taking a puck that's on the boards, getting rimmed around the boards, and you're just going to willy-nilly throw it through the middle? It's unbelievable to me. This is hockey 101. You don't do that. Like you, very... And then, of course, Caulfield, who I predicted to score the game winner for Montreal when you and I were texting back and forth. He goes, thank you, picks it up. Galchenyuk's guy... Suzuki just skates right by his, like Muzzin's flat footed Galchenyuk's not even skating. Cause he's picking the puck off the boards. They have a clear cut two on O from their blue line from their blue line. 
And it's just like Campbell's like, are you kidding me? And they go in, obviously they tic-tac-toe, they're back and forth. It's it's fun for them and they score. Montreal wins. I'm upset. I'm down $50. Galchenyuk's like, what am I doing on the ice? And overtime, I agree with you, Galchenyuk. What are you doing on the ice? So all of his goodwill that he had with me, all of the stuff that I said about him is true now. He's an atrocious defensive player. I don't like him anymore. He should be benched. He should be sent down. Tavares is shaking his head. He's like, I would have never made that play. That's the only reason he's in the lineup. Tavares and Felino are hurt. Galchenyuk gets the chance. He's a good offensive player, but then he makes plays like that. It's like, what? A... It's a terrible play. It's a terrible play. There's a reason you're, you've been on that many teams that many years because of plays like that. You don't make that play in overtime, Tim. Get, you're just staring at me, shaking your head like, yeah, give me the 50 bucks. It's, it, uh, I should send Galchenyuk an invoice for $50. I really should. I was thinking the same thing. Venmo request. If that play had happened in like the first period, I think Keith would have just absolutely tore him up for that, right? You can't really do that in overtime. Like, I don't know. You don't get yelled at for overtime losses only because you already feel terrible and no one's going to make you feel worse than you feel yourself. But that's the kind of thing that he would have been benched for a period if, if he made it early in the game, right? He would have been done for the game. That That is he doesn't have the kind of rope to where you can make that mistake and come back from it. That's a benchable offense for the whole game. Like you cannot do that. We talk about this time in and time out in the playoffs. Mistakes are amplified. Anytime you make a mistake, it's just, it could be the game. And obviously this is overtime. So it's a perfect example. You make one mistake and it's a stinking two on. Oh, I don't listen. Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Toronto's still going to win this series. But now they have to go back and play one more game. They got to, you know, Winnipeg's just licking their chops, waiting for the winner of this series. They know it's going to be Toronto. They can game plan a little bit. But the only saving grace for this, the only saving grace is this gives John Tavares a couple more games to heal up to try to get back on the ice. That's the only saving grace. So now they have two or three more days before they start the second round. And Johnny T has two or three more days to heal up. So you're not losing him for that second, third round. Because right now he started skating. Maybe he comes back midway through the second round. Potentially. I don't know how how close they're going to group these games together. But that's the only saving grace. But other than that, like, what happens next game if they go out and someone gets hurt? I, I know it's just a lot of what ifs, what ifs. But what a bonehead play by Galchenyuk. Honestly. What a, to come back from three to one, you got all the momentum, you're flying, you're out playing the Canadians, and then you just give it away in the first minute of overtime. It just, whatever. It's hockey. It happens. I'm a little hurt because it cost me 50 bucks. What are you going to do? Do you see Montreal having any chance of winning another game? I, I know they always have a chance, but gosh, Toronto's going to be fired up. Yeah, I think Toronto still wins this series. Although I will say, I was thinking while you were talking, and if this goes to Game Seven, I like Montreal. I really do. I think Price. I think Price just, just steps up, and it's just he won't. He won't let his team lose that game if it goes to Game Seven. I, I don't agree. think it will. I don't think it will, though. I agree. They go. They're going back to Montreal now, which is um, tricky because Montreal said they're going to allow fans, so they won't have a full capacity. Obviously, fans in there, but there will be Montreal fans in there. So that place is going to be rocking. Montreal is going to be very excited to play in front of their fans. They're going to be all jacked up. All these young kids are going to be buzzing around. And just say that they do get the lead. They're not going to relinquish it like they did this game. 
I don't know. I still think Toronto's going to close them out next game, but boy, oh boy, if Montreal gets that first goal. If they how, lose this. Oh. How epic of a collapse would this be if they lose the next two? There's no if, way they're going to lose. But If Toronto loses this series, just I advise you to unfollow me on Twitter. Stop listening to the show because it's all I'm going to talk about, and I'm going to be so annoying about it. It'll be uh, so good. Uh, It'll be uh, so funny. I'm not a Toronto fan. I'm I'm all for it as well. I think it would be fantastic if they lost the next two. I just can't. Uh, whose head would roll? If they lose, you can't fire the GM. He made all the right moves. You can't fire the president. He's been doing a great job. Does Keith lose his job if they lose? No, he's he's a good coach. Who who goes? Do you, does someone have to go? Do you have to blame somebody? That's the way it works. Yeah. So the, the someone has to get fired. You can't just roll out the same team again. And expect something different. I don't know. Why, what ha- it's it's there's no way they have to win they have to win we're this is crazy talk that we're thinking about but the fact that we're even thinking about it you know maybe maybe they're maybe we're on to something because honestly if i'm a player in that locker room if i'm austin matthews i'm going son of a gun now i gotta go back to montreal we gotta jump on the plane and what if we don't score first what if in the first three minutes they rip one past campbell and Campbell's, you know, he's a little nervous now. He's not a Carey Price. He's not a guy who's been there before. This is his first foray into the playoffs. He's in uncharted waters right now, so he might be nervous. And the next thing you know, you got your goalie nervous. He gets one put past him in the first five minutes, and it's like, oh, here we go. You know what I mean? He's going to be a little nervous. The D-men aren't going to want shots against him. You can't play hockey like that. It's a very, very slippery slope, but it's very real. If Montreal can get that first goal, that's my prediction. Whoever gets the first goal next game will win this series. Prediction. Wow. It's a, it, honestly, the first goal means everything in this series. It doesn't mean everything in the Islanders-Pittsburgh series. The New York Islanders, they like getting scored on first. They like being in the underdog. I, I wanted to go back and see how often Pittsburgh was leading because Pittsburgh always scores the first goal. And then the Islanders always come back and score within like the next five minutes. They're so good at coming back. They have such great perseverance. I don't think, I don't think Toronto has that in them. I honestly don't. They did it last night, though. They came back from two goals. They did, but I don't think they're going to do it in game six. Plus, Muzzin scoring a couple of goals is not really a replicable ball. Oh, right. Jake Muzzin, I didn't even know he was playing. And all of a sudden, he scores two goals. I'm like, where have you been, Jake Muzzin, all my life? So, so Bettman must be pretty upset that Ovechkin, Crosby, McDavid are all out in the first round. Right? And that's, that's money lost. That's a good, a good ton of PR loss. Imagine if Matthews is out, too. The dream scenario of Edmonton, Toronto in the semifinals is already gone. Yeah. Imagine seeing a Montreal Winnipeg semifinals <laughs> in the north. Like no one would have ever guessed that. Uh, they're still going to get advertisers because it's Canada. But once you get to that next round, you're not going to have the sexy, you know, Connor McDavid, MVP, Austin Matthews, the uh, what, what's the award for most goals? Marcel Dion award. Like they're not going to have rocket Richard. Like it, it, <laughs> it's just like Cole Caulfield. You can't really hang your hat on that. You know what I mean? It's just, it doesn't have the same ring to it, but Gary. Yeah. Gary can't be happy. 
He, he honestly can't. And if the Islanders somehow beat Boston, he's going to be upset again because it'll be the Islanders and Tampa Bay again. And nobody watched that series last year. They're not going to watch it this year. Only those geographical areas are going to care. Then you're going to have potentially a Vegas, Winnipeg. Yeah. You know, it's not moving the needle like a Toronto Vegas or a Toronto color, like Toronto. You need Toronto. You need Toronto. They're, they're the big ticket. Now out of all the teams left is Toronto and Boston who are the big ticket. The dream matchup is Toronto and Boston in the final. Oh yeah. So we've talked about it from the beginning of the season. How great would that be? If the Bruins and Toronto met up, it would be epic. It would be slaying your demons. You like Joe Thornton, that angle, all this stuff culminating in the, in the Stanley cup finals would be unbelievable. There's still a chance. There's still Toronto just has to get by Montreal. They have to get out of their own way. They have to take Galchenyuk and put him on the taxi squad. That's all they have to do. They would they would have won last game if Galchenyuk is in a lineup. There I said it. There I said it. I'm not afraid to admit it. So you don't give you said Tampa Bay. You don't give uh, Carolina any chance to beat them. Well, the fact that Carolina had that much trouble with Nashville, it's a cause for concern. It really is. And yes, Nashville, they're a good team. Soros played well. But the fact that they, you know, they barely squeaked by last game to win, you know, to, to get it to to get to the next round. They win in overtime. Ajo scores the game winner. Lots of overtime games were decided in the first couple minutes. Uh, it's very strange to me. Usually when you go into overtime, you, you play conservative for the first five to ten minutes, and then you start to open things up a little bit. You get into the groove of just a regular game. There's been so many overtimes where it's like, boom, first minute goal, first minute goal, two minutes goals. I'd be interested to see how many games were decided within the first three minutes because it seems like about half of them are decided pretty early on. Anyways, going back to Carolina, I just think Tampa Bay is too strong. We've said it throughout the whole year. This is the easiest division. It was a cakewalk for them. I I just think they're too strong. I really, really do. Vasilevsky, He's going to be the best goalie in that conference. He's going to be the best goalie in this matchup with Carolina. They're too, they're too top heavy, like honestly. And they have the depth. They're a really good team. I don't think they get challenged until the next round when they play the New York Islanders. That'll be a great series, honestly. Do you, do you see Carolina having any chance in this series? I do, and I like rooting for the underdog. So I was kind of hoping Nashville would pull that out. But the Bruins fan in me wanted Carolina to win because I think they're the only team that has a chance of beating Tampa. I like, I think Nashville gets swept by Tampa. So Carolina going in, I, I do give them a chance, but man, and I just, I can't get away from the fact that how good Tampa is, how good Colorado is. It's going to be those two in the finals. Like I, 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 I want to kind of think about the priority in my head and get kind of creative and clever with the combination, but watching those two teams, they're just a step above everyone else. And Kucherov, I mean, this whole situation is sort of ridiculous that he's playing, the way this all happened. Now he's leading the playoffs in points. Tampa Bay is like $20 million over the salary cap. <laughs> they're, they're the team to beat. And uh, I just – Tampa, Tampa, Colorado. I just don't see any way out around that. I don't know. I, I still think there is – a question mark with Colorado with Grubauer. And I know, listen, he's a good goalie. They're a good team. St. Louis was awful. They really were. I, I don't think they deserve to be in the playoffs, but they got, they got in, you know, they played well the last month of the season. They snuck in Colorado was hands down the best team in that series. But I think Colorado would have done that to any four seed minus the New York Islanders. I think they work the Montreal Canadians. I think they work the Nashville Predators. I, I don't think that was even a, a good series to figure out how Colorado was. 
we're going to find out how Colorado is the next series when they play the Minnesota Wild or the Vegas Golden Knights, which I think Minnesota is going to win. So I'm predicting them playing Minnesota and Minnesota is a hard out. They are. If Cam Talbot's point, what are you smiling about? Just Vegas is such a powerhouse. What does Minnesota have going for them? Like how, how, how they so good? How was Vegas a powerhouse when they're tied three to three with the Minnesota Wild? Well, I mean, like that going into the playoffs and how good they were during the regular season. Everyone said it was Vegas and Colorado coming out of the the this division, and Minnesota's given them Game Seven. Do you actually like them in Game Seven? I I don't know. I haven't watched a ton of Minnesota's games, but I don't understand how they're so good. We look at the roster. It, I've said it time and time again. Minnesota plays Vegas hard. They were 5-1-2 and two versus them in the regular season. Minnesota doesn't have that star player to take over a game. They don't. Or, sorry, Vegas doesn't. I misspoke. Vegas does not have that star player. Minnesota has two guys who I think can take over a game. And they have that really, really solid second line. I think Matt Zuccarello can take over a game. I think Kirill Kaprizov could take over a game. Those two guys are more skilled than any player that Vegas has. Uh, Mark Stone would like to disagree with you. Uh, I, yeah, I'm sure he would because he plays for Vegas. But uh, those two guys are more skilled than Mark Stone, hands down. Not even close. Not even close. Come on, John. Come on. Uh, Ready? He hasn't played all series. Mark so. Who? Mark so. Now you're just pulling names. Carlson? Marcisto, Petrugetti, Peter Angelo. Yes, I know who's on Vegas, Tim. You, you can't just list off the roster. <laughs> I say things for a reason. Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello are more skilled than any person on Vegas. And that's, I, I, I don't think you can argue that. I think those guys with the puck in their hands are more dangerous. They make plays. They're very creative. They make things happen. Yes, Mark Stone, he gets a rush every now and again. So does Tuck. So do these guys. Consistently with the puck from the red line into the offensive zone, those guys are dangerous. Every time they get the puck, they're making things happen. They make the players around them much, much better. Like, it, it's just, you put those guys... You just stick a winger on their line, and that winger succeeds. They had Hartman for the first couple of games. He was flying, and now they have this Rask guy who's playing well, and they're just dangerous. And I don't know. I just don't think Vegas has that guy who strikes fear in the opposing lineup. And then when you put a good defensive group like Minnesota has against them who can you know, limit their chances, shut them down, you're seeing the results of that. Minnesota has a good team. Cam Talbot's not a world-class goaltender, but he's making the saves that he needs to make. They're strong down the middle. They're very good on the defensive end. That's what you need. I like Minnesota. Zach Parise has been playing somewhat well. You know, he, he's come along. I like Minnesota. I really do. You can roll your eyes all you want, Tim. It's going to be sad because we're not going to be able to interview Ryan Reeves next round, but we'll, you know, we'll get Marcus Foligno. We got We got a dog in both of those fights. So, I don't know. It's a very good series. And once they get to Colorado, Colorado is just going to be fresh. I get that. Colorado will win game one, whoever they play. But I don't know. I, I, I like the way Minnesota's made up. They're a very exciting team. It's going to be in Vegas. The place will be rocking. Who do you have? We know you have Vegas. What's the score going to be? Is it going to be a close game? Is it going to be a blowout? What do you, where do you see this game seven going? I think Flower puts up a shutout. Like I said, I think it's one or two to nothing. One or two, nothing. Really? Even after the wild, just shut out the Knights in game six. Yep. Yep. You think? Yeah. Flower. I just, I don't know. I like thinking that the goaltender is going to stand on his head when it matters the most. Same thing with Price, like we said, if it gets to game seven. I think Flower does that too. I don't know. Okay, so 
it's a, like, like we said before, it's been a tale of two teams. The only game that's been really close was game one that Minnesota won in overtime. And even that game, Minnesota outplayed them. The flurry played unbelievable. The next game, Vegas outplayed them. The next game, Vegas outplayed them. The next game, Vegas outplayed them. Vegas went on a three-game streak of just dominating. And now Minnesota's taken it to them in game five and six. They won four to two. They won three to nothing. They have momentum. I don't know. I think Minnesota is a really, really good team. Hartman's playing well with Fiala. Like that line's clicking. You have their first line with um, Cabral Kaprizov and Zuccarello. Then you have the third line with Greenway, Felino, and Erickson Eck. Then you got Nick Bonino. Like they have a really good team. So I don't know. I'm just saying, don't sleep. I don't know how you're still sleeping on Minnesota. I think you just have this thought process is like Vegas preseason favorites. They're really, really good. You know, they, they're going to take care of business. They're a wagon. It's like, no, they're not. They're a really good team, but so is Minnesota. I think people just think of Minnesota in terms of like 2010 Minnesota. They're very structured defensively. They don't have a lot of offense. This is a completely different team. They're very exciting to watch. They get in on the four check. They don't just dump it in and go and get it. They like to have puck control. They're, they're a dynamic team. And I think, like I said a couple episodes ago, now that they've won game six, they're going to win game seven, and they're going to move on and play Colorado. That's going to be a heck of a series. It's going to be a heck of a series. I don't know. Put your money where your mouth is, Tim. Come on. No way. I'm up 50 bucks, and I am retiring. Which is a complete joke, Galchenyuk. It's unbelievable how bad that guy is. It drives me nuts. He, he's... I'm- he slowly worked his way in. You know, I, I was feeling good about him. I was feeling bad for saying all those terrible things about him. I don't, I don't feel bad. I, I should have never changed my mind. You can't fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. He fooled me twice. Shame on me. I should have never changed my mind. Anyways, moving on to another series. That's all set for the second round. The Islanders and the Boston Bruins. Both of these teams they're very familiar with each other. They played each other for a million years. The players know each other. We know you're going to pick Boston. Can you give us the reasons why you think Boston is going to win? Other than that, you're a crazy Homer who can't see outside of the Boston bubble. Give us some actual facts here, Tim. Okay. Uh, I like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like Boston's goalie better. I think the Boston has a way better top six. Uh, Boston's power play is better. I just think they're a better team. I just, I mean, I think uh, the Islanders are a scrappier team. They're very resilient, like you said. Like, no lead is really safe against them unless you're up by three or four goals. Um, like, I don't think if it's two nothing in the third period of the Bruins, I'm still on the edge of my seat because I think the Islanders can do that in, in a couple of shifts, come back, no problem. So, they're a resilient team. They're going to be very hard out. I just think the Bruins are just on another level. It's interesting, though, the dichotomy of, like, the narrative on, on uh, Sorokin because I've seen, like, some, you know, analysts say basically that Sorokin's the best goalie in the, in the playoffs right now, the way he's playing. And I've seen other analysts say, hey, the Bruins are going to make it to the, the conference finals without even playing a starting goaltender. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like there's there's a there's a mix of reaction on him, mix of takes. And I happen to think he's on the good side. Like, I think he's one of the better goalies in the league right now, certainly in his playoffs. I think he was the right choice. He hasn't lost the game yet. The two Islanders games they lost with where Volomov was in that. So Sorokin's good. I think Rask is obviously better. But I just think the Bruins overall are the better team top to bottom. I disagree. Uh, I, I, I don't think you can say top to bottom. I, I think top – the Bruins are better with that first line. I think the Bruins top line goes, goes up against anybody in hockey. 
But after that first line and potentially the second line with the Craig Smith and the Taylor Hall, I think that's a good line. And then whoever they put on a Nick Ritchie or Jake DeBrusque or whoever fills out that second line, that's a good line. I don't think you can say top to bottom that the Bruins are better. I don't know how you can sleep at night saying that. I honestly don't. When you look at the depth that the New York Islanders have, when they can roll out their first line, and their first line doesn't really produce in the playoffs. And you just launch out Beauvillier and Pajot and Nelson and Bailey and Palmieri and Eberly and Clutterbuck and Komarov and Sezikis and Zajac and Matt Barton. Like that's a good lineup. And I didn't even mention Brock Nelson who led them that first round. They don't have a weak line. They really don't. If, if you go line to line between these two teams, I think Boston wins the first line. I think they're far superior with that first line. I don't, like I said, that first line is going to match up well versus anybody in the NHL. After that, the New York Islanders are hands down the better team. If you play this series, just the bottom three lines, it's not even close. New York Islanders have them by far. And I think with the defense, it's a wash. I really do. The Islanders defense, there's nothing sexy about them. They don't really have a game changer. Like they, they have guys who are reliable, solid players. Like Mayfield is good. Pollock has just an absolute hammer from the point. And then they have Nick Letty who moves the puck pretty well. Pellich, Andy Green, who's a million years old. I can't, I, I, I have to say, like I was watching the game. I was watching uh, game six. Andy Green, I had not watched every game. I didn't realize he was still playing. I thought he retired a couple of years ago. No, he's, he's been got, like, he's a, a big white beard. I mean, he's alive and kicking. Like he, he plays okay. He, he does what he needs to do. And the Bruins, their defense has been a huge question mark all season long. They have the best defenseman in the whole series in Charlie McAvoy. I'll give you that. He, he's, a, he's a solid defenseman. He's good on the power play. He's good on the rush. He does what he needs to do. Absolute he's, stallion. He's got five points all over on the power play. So he, he knows what he's doing on the power play. I'll give you that their power play is better. Islanders don't take many penalties. They're very disciplined. They... They can get pulled into it time and time again. You know, they, they don't back down, but it's not like they're going to go out and take egregious penalties. They have that fourth line who is very effective. They're getting on the forecheck. They just hammer everybody, but they don't take dirty penalties. That's just not who they are. But other than that first line, like I said, and Charlie McAvoy, the Bruins team isn't that scary. Like Grizzlick is serviceable. He's okay. Now you've lost Kevin Miller. You have to put in Jared Tenorti. He's okay. You know, are are you excited when he steps over the boards? I don't know. Lazan, are you excited when he steps over the boards? Are you a little nervous? Uh, Connor Clifton, like these guys, they don't instill. I'm not confident in him. Mike Riley's a good player. You know, he, he plays well in a, in a four five. If you push him to a two, three spot, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Uh, no, I, I do like Riley, and I, it's been fun watching him play. He's just—I don't know what it is about his game, but I, I just—he just has fun, and it's kind of fun watching him. I will say too, like one of the uh, the big question marks, and one of the things the Islanders did so well is shut down that top line. Like Crosby and Gensel were both better than point per game players in the regular season. They each had two points in six games against the Islanders. So you know that Trotz and, and his team are going to be cooking up something special for the Bruins' top line, and they're going to try to take them out. So I think the secondary scoring, I know it's a cliche, but like it's really going to be the, the tale of this series because if Taylor Hall and Krejci's line aren't cooking, there's not much going to be going on for Boston because you, you know that other than the power play, 
the the top line is going to have their hands full with with Trotz's system. And that's what that goes right to my point. If you match up the bottom three lines, are you really going to sit here and tell me that you'd rather have a Corrali, a Wagner, a Lazar, a Coyle, a Smith, a Hall, a Richie versus the Islanders bottom bottom nine? I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's probably mostly a wash. I don't think it's, it's that not. Much no, no, it's a wash at best. There's no way you can say it's a wash. There's no way. And then adding on to the fact that Barzal basically got shut down versus a series versus Pittsburgh, and they still handled Pittsburgh pretty well. What happens if Barzal finds his game or if he finds some space? I think Pittsburgh's defense, I'm not going to say it's better than Boston, but it's comparable. I don't think Pittsburgh has a weak defense, but I don't think they're crazy, you know, I don't know. I I could just see them having trouble even with Barzal. I don't know. I don't think this series is going to be as close as the Pittsburgh series was for the New York Islanders. I I really don't. I see this being a five-game series. What? Come on. As much as I like Boston, all their improvements, they're a very exciting team when they're playing. I love their first line. I just think the Capitals weren't that good. You know, they were banged up. They were not motivated. They were having issues on the back end. They were a complete train wreck. They were a mess. They had to deal with the whole Tom Wilson thing going into the playoffs. There was distractions. I don't think Washington wanted to be there. I really don't. I don't think they wanted to be there since they won the cup in 2018. They've been a completely different team. They're going into the New York Islanders barn. Well, actually, New York's going to Boston. The fourth, four and the third seed won this, won the first round. So, New York's going into bot. I just think New York's a better team. I really do. Sororkin is a starting goaltender. He started the majority of the games in the regular season. He was excellent. At the beginning of the season, they didn't play him much. They kind of let him get his legs. He was a rookie. They didn't want to overwhelm him. The last half of the season, he was splitting time with Varlamov. By the end of the year, he was their starter. You know, there's a reason he started game one. There was a reason as soon as Varlamov faltered a little bit, they went with Sororkin. They know what they have in them. The kid's good. Like he's a really good goaltender. So I'm not worrying about that. I do think Rask is better, like you said. But other than that, I think the Islanders have him hands down. Like I, I don't think this is going to be a first line wins a series. I think this is going to be the first lines are a wash. The Islanders shut him down like they did with Crosby. And the next three lines are going to take care of the series. And that's that's the Islanders, Tim. I'm sorry. I hate to break it to you. And you know who's going to agree with me? Kevin Connolly when he comes on the show. Who? Kevin Connolly. Former um entourage star is he an owner of the islanders i don't think he is he's just a big islanders supporter yeah he's involved somehow with these guys but yeah he's a big islanders fan and yeah he wants to come on the show which is gonna be great we're gonna have our first um hollywood celebrity the podcast is growing so big it's scary john you're a hollywood celebrity though it's true i like to think of myself as a hollywood celebrity one man you know i take it one day at a time I, i still put on my underwear like everybody else does you know, I'm only one person. But anyway, I'd be excited to get him on. When when the Islanders came back and beat the Penguins for the, the clincher, did you hear how loud a rink? Oh, yeah. It's so cool. A rink just going absolutely nuts. You're going to season. When that rink is like pumping and it's rocking, the cheer from a New York crowd is different 
from a cheer from any other crowd in the in the in the league. They're almost like aggressive. They're mad when they cheer. It's like you can hear it's it's building. It's building in like the Islanders will score, like yeah yeah. Like it's a different time type of tone. Did you hear it? Like if you oh, yeah. haven't heard it, go back and listen because they scored three goals in three minutes to just flip flop the game. Tristan Yari, by the way, played terrible that last game. If you're the Pittsburgh Penguins, what do you do with your goaltending situation? Are you kicking or like you exposed flurry in the expansion draft? Yuri came back. He won you a Stanley cup. You sign him to this big ticket. You have Craig to Smith. What do you do? Or no, Yari didn't win you the Stanley cup. Excuse me. It was Matt Murray. You, you put all your bags in Yari's. Is it Jerry or Yari? I don't know why I call him Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. So, what do you do? This guy's got a contract now. He played awful these all six games. It, ugh, I don't know. What do you do if you're Pittsburgh? But he's a good goalie, and he was really good during the regular season. He was good last year. So I think they just got to figure – he's got some work to do, but I don't think you move on from him because who's going to be better? Like who's on the market that's going to be better than him? No one. Just Their backup, DeSmith, played pretty well this year. Pretty well. The fact that they walked away from two really good goalies and Matt Murray and Marc-Andre Fleury must sting a little bit if you're a Pittsburgh Penguin fan. You see what Marc-Andre Fleury is doing. You saw how good Matt Murray played near the end of the year with Ottawa. Like Those are two really good goaltenders. And now you're sitting there looking at Tristan Yari and like, oh, oh boy, we might be in one here. Maybe we missed the mark on that one. But anyway, so you have Boston, obviously. Yep. You have Tampa Bay, right? Yeah. I Stop. Do. You have Tampa Bay. That's that. That's a no brainer. Everybody has Tampa Bay. I have the Islanders. That's going to be exciting. You think Toronto's going to dispatch with Montreal? Yeah, I do. You have Vegas. Yep. Okay. So everything's set. We'll, we'll tape this weekend. We'll see how Vegas does. Anything else you want to touch on Tim? Uh, no, I don't think so. Any, any big Memorial day plans? I'm going to have someone come in and survey my land so we can get the barn, hopefully dig dug in and get the shovel in the ground and get that going. I'm building a barn. Very exciting. It's just, you know, I can't build a house because the price of wood costs a million dollars for a two by four. So we're going to build a barn and there's going to be no wood involved in the construction other than big timber beams. It's going to be an old school Amish barn. It's going to be great. Barn slash recording studio. Yes, of course. The whole bottom level is going to be a state-of-the-art recording studio. All the bells and whistles, of course, for the Dropping the Gloves podcast, which we're it's growing. It's growing, Tim. It's amazing. We can't thank you fans enough. But anyway, so next week, we're going to have Kevin Connolly on, hopefully. We're going to have another big guest, hopefully. We'll, we'll get the ball rolling. We'll be back to our normal schedule. You know what's funny? I was thinking about this. At what point did we become a podcast where people reach out to us to try to get on the get on the show? Because that's what's happening now. It's very bizarre. Even players, they just kind of reach out like, "Hey, love the love the show, love to be on." Uh, and it's just like it's funny. I wonder if that's what spitting chicklets feels like all the time, where they have to filter through all their messages. It's like, hmm, who are we going to pick today? Because we have a thousand players who want to be on the show. It's I don't know. It's kind of cool. That's we're exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah, we're on our way. We're on it's our good. way. Baby yeah. steps. I don't want to go too big. I, you know, I, I, we've got to stay organic. It's like I, I don't want to sell out. You know, we got to sound like the skinny guys who work out for the first time. They're like worried about getting too big. Like, yeah, I, I don't want to work out too hard. I don't want to get too jacked. I don't want to get too be. big. Nero, hey, how's the new car driving, Tim, by the way? <laughs> Stop. Oh. No, I can't touch it. I'm going to sit in it this weekend. You're going to go sit in it? 
Well, I mean, my, my cousin's coming to town. He'll be driving around. Oh, how I'm not going to sit in the parking lot. How bittersweet is that going to be? Your brand new car, you can't even drive it. Watch somebody yeah. else drive it. Not fun. Not fun. No, Tim. No, that's too bad. Well, everybody, I hope you enjoy this episode. We'll get back to you next week. It'll be fun. We'll have some second-round matchups to talk about. Hopefully, we'll have some second-round matchups all done. The Montreal Canadiens will come back and beat Toronto. Minnesota Wild will beat the Vegas Golden Knights tonight. I think Toronto's going to win. Don't get me wrong. Unless Montreal scores first. That's my prediction. Anyways, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. Have a good weekend. Have a good Memorial Day. If you're in the States, I don't know if Canada has a a holiday. I can't remember. It's been so long. Who cares? All right, everybody. Have a good week, and we'll talk to you next week. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 